Hello, and welcome to Fighting Over the VCR. My name is Nancy. And I am Matthew. And tonight, we are going to dive into two comedies from 1985, um, dealing with very interesting issues. One of them is dealing with kind of Cold War issues, and one's dealing with gender roles. Um, Matt's going to talk about our first movie tonight, and I'll talk about our second movie in a little while. Before I get started, I just wanted to... um let everyone know that if I sound a little different, it's because I've been fighting off whatever thing that has been going around. Mm. In our, um, it's not the coronavirus. Thank God. But um, <laughs> do a little PSA. Just everyone remember, wash your hands. Yeah. And if you have children around, make sure they wash their hands because children are little germ farms. <laughs> I don't think I've ever been as sick as I have been in the last year since my son started going to preschool. <laughs> so, stay healthy, everybody. Yeah, yeah. Avoid wash, the bugs. Wash your hands. Just you know, do the basics. <laughs> so Common sense. You go to the bathroom. You cough. You sneeze. Wash your hands. Yeah. It's not hard. Anyway, I'd like to start tonight's show off with, you know, besides my PSA, (laughs) um, with a movie that I did not watch, um, when it first came out, I watched it. I think I first saw it in like junior high or high school and it's called real genius. It didn't have like a huge release or big, huge following, but it stars an amazing actor who. Um, William Atherton? <laughs> no, um, Val Kilmer. And this is only his second movie. Yeah, before Top Gun. But um, it came out he put it, it came out the year after um, a, a, another really good movie that we did grow up watching called Top Secret by the um, same um, group that does the Naked Gun movies. Top Secret was his first movie? That was his first movie. Oh, my God. That's amazing. And he still had, in, in in that movie, he has blonde hair. And in this movie, he has kind of blonde hair. And um, basically, um, the, the basic premise of this movie is Val Kilmer plays a character named Chris Knight, who is a teenage, like, super genius. And he goes to a school called Pacific Tech, which in my research... It was modeled after um, Caltech mm-hmm. in California. And um, he is asked to room with a new incoming freshman who was only 15, um, who scored 20 points higher than him on the entry exam. And it's supposed <laughs> to be like the new Chris Knight, you know, the new he's Chris. Val Kilmer is about to graduate and here's this new freshman coming in. But. And, you know, it's all about, like, the the two of them and how they interact and the re- their relationship they build is one of the basic mm-hmm. pr- premises of the story. But one of the main kind of underlying things that's going on is their professor who has brought them on to 
um, to work together who has a special project. With lasers. With lasers, yes. He's, <laughs> he's played by William Atherton, everyone's favorite villain from the 80s. He was the um, environmentalist who <laughs> we debate whether he's actually a villain in, um, in a previous episode of our show. Um, but he was the environmentalist in Ghostbusters. But um, anyway, um, he has this secret contract with the gover- with the U.S. government to create basically Star Wars, mm-hmm. the old 80s, like, Reagan idea of Star Wars where you can shoot lasers from space. Yeah. And um, so he has this, gu- this contract to um, build this laser that can... That can take out a human target from outer space. It's pretty crazy, but um, so he brings the them on to work on this project, but they do they do not know that it's a government funded project and they're building a weapon. Yeah, and um, so as so the freshman is named Mitch, played by um, Gabe Jarrett. Who is rocking a mullet? No, no, he's rocking feathered bangs. Feathered bangs, and um, he has like this, like his eyes have like this, like almost like permanent eyeliner mm. kind of thing. I've seen a cut co- this in, with a couple actors, mm. and um, it's kind of it's, and he has like very like fine, like beautiful eyelashes. Mm. <laughs> so um, it kind of stands out a little bit. Um, he's a unique that, look. Yeah, he's got he's a unique look. Got, he's, he's but odd. and I don't and I don't recall his career like jetting off like yeah. Val Kilmer's did. And that was kind of a joke, but you didn't laugh because he jetted, soaring off into the sky. Jetted off. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. As Iceman. You're, I guess. I guess the humor is just you're just not in the mood for that. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> and. Um, Mitch is this very kind of stuck up, kind of like wears all of his sweaters and kind of polos and everything. And he's very, but he's, he's 15. Stuck up. Well, he's not really stuck up. He's but preppy. He's, he's preppy and he's, he's young and he's yeah. inexperienced. Yes. And Chris, Chris Knight, Val Kilmer, he is very loose and he started off. And we find out that he kind of started off like Mitch when he got there. He mm-hmm. was very much, he was very studious. Yeah. And then he had an epiphany, and at that point, he just kind of changed his whole perspective on you, things. You know who he reminded me of? No. Okay, so I only watched this movie for the first time today. I'd maybe seen tiny little bits and pieces of it <clears throat> other times, but I had never watched it all the way through until today. He reminds me of Ehrlich from Silicon Valley. Oh, that is, that's wrong. No, no, in the sense no. that he's like the older statesman of the group, no. that he certainly would rather goof off oh, and I, no. and have and have ice parties and the uh, no, in the that is dorm. Not Ehrlich. No, Ehrlich was Mister. I want my ten percent on whatever you make. I don't know. I, I f- he was living. He was living the. I was a successful guy in in. Um, Silicon Valley, and I'm trying to find my next big thing that I can invest in. I never saw him as no. Well, I, I don't. I don't. I, their I, desire I, to I, to party <clears throat> is simply is cer- is certainly. I don't similar. think Ehrlich ever had a desire to party. Sure, he did. He was smoking pot all the time. That was just his. Yeah, because he wanted everyone else to be doing the work. He thought he had already mm. done all the work. 
Well, that's what he reminded me of. You can't. You don't need to try to change. Argue out of my argue no, my out of I, my opinion. No, because I'm insulted. I'm insulted that you would make that 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 hmm. um, comparison. You're taking this too personally. <laughs> well, here's so. Anyway, so in the movie, you know, th- there's this relationship that they have, and Chris Knight is really there. Like one of his goals is to try and loosen. Mitch up because he wants Mitch to understand that like while what they're doing is important they're they're really smart and they're going to be successful mm-hmm. and they're they have careers ahead of them he needs to like loosen up and have fun and realize that there's more to life than just you know being a bookworm or mm-hmm. getting the highest grade or whatever and there's a couple point there's a point in this movie where um Mitch cracks and mm-hmm. And because he's 15, everyone, like, has an opinion of him, like, oh, you're the new stud around here, and so there's all this pressure on him, and um, almost kind of like how I kind of compare that that kind of feeling, kind of like how Dolly Parton was in 9 to 5, where Mm -hmm. everyone in the office just kind of... Shunning her. Shunned her kind of thing. And um, after he cracks, you know... Chris tells him, you know, has this nice long talk with him about, you know, that the point where he almost cracked and the the epiphany that he had had, and it really loosens Mitch up mm-hmm. for the rest of the movie. And Mitch starts kind of being a little more daring, and there's this girl that he likes that he starts talking to and eventually has a relationship with and all this other kind of stuff. But um, the thing about this movie that makes me like it so much is that um, Val Kilmer is hilarious in this movie. <laughs> I just love, like, his, his, like, just how off-center he is because it takes, it, 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 it's like you have this very serious kind of, like, Caltech kind of, uh, kind of prim and proper kind of vibe mm-hmm. going on where everyone's just got to be super serious about yeah. all this work and everything. And he is just like, yeah, I'm, but I'm super smart and I don't, I could do this, you know, my hands tied behind my back mm-hmm. and, but there's more to life here. You know, at one point he throws this whole party for all the, for everybody to, and mainly to get Mitch to loosen up, but really for everyone on the whole in the whole dorm and he and he brings in this whole school from the, of uh, beauticians in to have this big party mm-hmm. to kind of loosen everybody up and um was there already a pool where they had the party or did they no, build the pool no they built the pool okay they built the pool in in like a lect- it's supposed to be like a lecture hall where oh, they okay. built the pool that's right um <clears throat> but just his personality his mannerisms um some like some of the things he says just crack me up and you know and it's kind of smart ass kind mm-hmm. of quality but at the same time he's just not taking things as serious like I'm in a number of scenes he's wearing um like animal slippers mm-hmm. like fuzzy animal slippers yes. and stuff yes. and he and gives everything. his teacher an exploding apple yeah yes exactly i mean little things like that i don't know i think that when i saw this movie it was probably a terrible time in, in my life to see this movie, but at the same time, I really well, can't... being in high school. Yeah, because when I was in high school, I was a, 
I was studious, yeah. but I I also kind of didn't give a shit. Like I was the kind of person who never did the reading, unless it was like English where I had to read mm-hmm. the book. But like I never read in history, and um, anything I picked up, I basically picked up from what I heard. When I took tests, I never studied for tests. I basically had the mentality of, well, if I know it, I know it. <laughs> and because at that point... And you've it, survived. Good for you. You've well, survived in life. That's awesome. But my, and, and yeah. my point, and my point, my point is, is it's almost like I saw this, this movie and I realized like, well, there's more important things than just getting straight A's and everything. Now, that was probably a better mentality to have in college when I had more freedom and, and mm-hmm. whatnot and maybe not in high school when... There was still some basics and growing up I needed, but, um, and, you know, I was fairly, I mean, and I was a studious yeah. kid, you know, and I'm sure that anyone that ever, that heard this from, that I went to high school with would be like, dude, you were a fucking nerd. What are you talking about? But, sure. but, you know, I liked going out. I liked going to concerts. I liked, you know hanging out with my friends more than doing homework, you know, balance, you know, it was a good balance. You know, I liked having, being creative and not always having my, like having to worry about, you know, what am I going to get on this test? Because to me, I, it just felt like it, it didn't matter as much as, you know, the experience that I was having. So Chris Knight validates you. Chris Knight validates me, which I think is why I don't like you comparing him to Ehrlich, <laughs> who who was not my favorite character on that show. <laughs> well, I mean, again, I, I have officially have less than 10 hours experience with this movie, mm. so it's not like I've let it marinate and really, um, you know, get into my bones the way it clearly did with you. I've seen this movie a number of times. I probably first saw it on TV, and then I, I like, got a copy of it so I can watch yeah. it like unedited and there's like there's like little one-liners in it that I've like put into my regular vernacular um hold on let me let me let me step back for a second no wait let's step forward no 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 I'm sorry let's step back and then we step forward then we step back and now we're cha shying okay so you're quoting the movie right yes okay so you didn't again, even catch on that no but that's my point like I've put these things into my into my daily vernacular and people are like what the fuck are you talking about i'm just like i'm sorry it's some bizarre movie that no one else would really understand all right so let me give you a little bit of my experience with this movie i was i was kind of bored um again i needed to remind myself that this was taking place and this was came out in the early 80s mid 80s when the cold war was on high so the whole topic of, you know, building lasers to help fight the Cold War and them not even realizing it until, like, the third act of the movie and then them being like, (laughs) oh, shit, what were we commissioned to do? What is this actually going to do? Like, to me, that's when the action really kind of kicked in, like, when when Chris really kind of found a purpose, like, oh, look, I made this thing actually work, and then everyone being like, what's it for? And then them kind of in, I don't know, 25 minutes, half an hour, get to be kind of like, it becomes almost like a heist movie in the sense where they go in. I mean, Mitch even wears a weird, goofy mustache. (laughs) Um, But they go in and then they tinker with the machine and then um, change the coordinates and then have like the biggest giant Jiffy Pop thing exploding (laughs) in in, uh, 
the in Jerry's house. Um, I was a little bored in watching this movie. Um, I felt like some of the. I kind of felt like I was in a science class. Um, I didn't. I guess I really. I guess I that's the studious part of me. Like, well, I really I, liked, I hated I really physics. Liked, I hated oh, our really? phys. I hated. I didn't really care for our physics teacher when we were growing up. I think we probably had the same one. We did. And, and I got nothing, very dr- I got, nothing out I, of I got zip out of that class. I, but it was our I, senior year. Yeah, we, Matt probably we had, both had We both had senioritis, I think, by the yeah. time we had this class. It was um, not. So, no offense to the teacher. Yeah. I mean, in watching watching boys play with lasers, you know, eh, you know, it's not super exciting or engaging for me. So... That that whole element of this movie didn't really draw me in. Um, obviously, I knew William Atherton was going to be a bad guy because he always is, and he was super arrogant. I mean, regardless, oh, he yeah. treat. So there's also like a hazing quality in this <laughs> oh, movie, very much so. And that stuff makes me uncomfortable. Oh, really? Yeah, I don't like watching people getting hazed. It just bothers me, and I feel like the professor was constantly doing that because he was so freaking arrogant. And he was just so rude. All the time. I notice you're not stuttering anymore. Exactly. I mean, it's oh, so rude. Oh, yeah. I've started giving myself shock treatments. Up the voltage. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> that's not for me. Um, and, of course, um, the scene where Mitch breaks. I'm assuming you're talking about when he calls his parents. Yes. And then Kent records it and then plays it for the whole school. Yeah. I mean, that just sucks. You know, it's shitty. Yeah. Um, so, you know, I understand, like, the... It's nice for someone who has a lot of natural talent and a lot of natural um, ability like Chris Knight and Mitch. They both have that same – they have that in common. They're both very, very smart. They're on that lady's list of top ten smart people or something that top she ten, wants to top bang. Ten, see, top ten smartest people to have sex with? Yeah. Um, clear, her, they're name both, is, her name is Sherry Nugel. Okay. Sherry, Sherry Nugel. The actress, or that's her character's name? That's her character's okay. name. All that's, you know, I, I, I get that. Like, the, the, buddy movie qual- the, the buddy movie quality of this movie, I get it. Like, I see mm-hmm. why you like that. And I like that part, too. And, and there were the comedic things in this movie that I found funny. Like, I thought Kent being this kind of silly villain... Um, was funny and my and I'm just going to jump in my favorite scene and I think I remember this from a long time ago when they rig his braces with a listening device of some kind they put a transmitter in it so they can talk to him and hear what he's saying yeah so and then oh they my pre- god and then they pretend to be Jesus yeah that that whole bit <laughs> That's when they so first good. do it, and then it happens again a little later, and then a, a third. I mean, that is probably my favorite stuff. Like that, that's probably my favorite part because because Kent is just such he's, he's such a, a weasel. He's, he's a just so annoying. Like he does stuff to sabotage Chris. He humiliates Mitch. He first treats Mitch like he's like a delivery boy or something. Yes. He's just really really are rude. Or are, are you not? From the sandwich place. Yeah, and he he was super entitled. Like, he thought that just by kissing Jerry's ass the whole time and doing everything that Jerry wanted, that he was automatically going to be given the promotion. I told you, Ken, you're not allowed to call me that. He just keeps calling him Jerry. So, so yeah, I, I recognize some of the comedy in this, but I think overall, like, the topic of the movie is just kind of, kind of blah for me. Um, like I said, I mean, it's, it's, it's obscure. Like, pe- like, there's people who, who've seen it 
and then there's people who probably like you who never would have thought like, oh, I'm going to watch this movie. Yeah. But I will say, because we've already covered war games and war games came out, I think two years before this, I two or three years before this, I think this is a fun movie to kind of contrast to war games because war games was so much more serious. I mean, yeah. it was definitely, you definitely felt a life or death kind of, mm-hmm. um, predicament. Mm-hmm. With war games, but real genius. Yes, had they not gone in with Mitch and his fake mustache and gone in to sabotage the machine so that it would end up making um, the professor's house come off its foundation because so much popcorn <laughs> had been popped in it, um, and basically render the the weapon um, not. You know, they they sabotage. They, so it, they sabotage it, it, it the whole process. So yeah, they, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So so then so then they felt like their conscience was clear and it wouldn't they wouldn't have to risk it being used yeah. for war. All of that I found fun, but some of the other stuff in the middle was like. Meh. Well, I'll, I in rewatching this, I, I. But Chris is my favorite character. I oh, absolutely, Chris Knight is the best. Um, Val Kilmer's character is the best. Um, in watching this and then doing some research after, in, in re-watching it, I got to say, like, all the science stuff I like, I lo- like, the scene, there, and, and they wrote about this, um, someone wrote about this on IMDb, about how um, there's a scene where Chris wakes up and he's in his pajamas and his heckle and jekyll um, slippers, and he goes to the freezer in, like, the little lounge, takes out of a... Uh, thing of um dry ice cuts it with a nice little little saw and then takes these little round pieces that look like coins of the dry ice and starts putting them in the coin machine to get free coffee Hmm. and stuff like that like i remember seeing that going oh my god that's so amazing and obviously to you you were like i didn't even notice you didn't even notice he did that right so I mean, there's I lots of things. There's things in this that are subtle. <laughs> yeah. So and a lot of those little subtle things are things that I find really funny. So this college in it is called Pacific Tech, but everyone says that it's based on Caltech. It's and, in Southern California. Southern, right? Yeah, it's a California Polytechnic, and um, some of the pranks are actually based on real pranks, like mm. like someone actually took apart someone's car and put it in their dorm and the um the scene where they have the um the contest on ice and everyone's skating in the hall ice skating mm-hmm. in the hallway they actually did that mm-hmm. that's a real thing um so i mean i i understand i know you don't like teasing no nope. you don't like hazing you don't like anything like that prankstery kind of things not is really. not your thing but except jim in the office Doing it to Dwight, but that's different. How is that different? It's different because, I don't know. Because Dwight deserves it? I don't know. <laughs> I don't think, Jim Jim never actually hurt Dwight. And I think, and and we got to know, I, I watched, what, 180 episodes of that show recently? So, I mean, it feels like their relation, anyways. Maybe Dwight did deserve that. <laughs> but this isn't a podcast about The Office, so <laughs> I digress. My point, but in general, my, my point no, is I, like none of that stuff is interesting. Like, me. but I, I think that there's there's a 
I love like the creativity in it. Like like their friend who like their friend who makes the ice rink using the chem- the chemicals to make the to freeze the the hallway so they can have the little ice ice skating contest in their dorm. Like the fact that he grows these gigantic cherries and like all this kind of mm-hmm. like nerd stuff. I just found that hilarious and highly entertaining. And I do agree like in my rewatch, like there's definitely like three acts mm-hmm. happening in this movie. Like the first act is all about like stuffy Mitch. Mm-hmm. The second act is all about how are Mitch and Chris going to get along and solve the laser problem. Mm-hmm. And the third act is about like, hey, I'm going to graduate. I don't care what they do with the laser. That's for engineers to figure out. And one of their friends is like, yeah, but something that specific must have a purpose already in them having that whole like, yeah. realization. Yeah. And when you're breaking it up into like those mm-hmm. three acts, I mean, definitely the third act is probably has the most like going on. This is the best a, pacing. In the best pacing. Um, I did notice um, that there's like three or four montages in this movie. Oh my God. Yeah. Jack there's and lots I talked of, about there's that lots earlier. of montages in this movie. So many montages. But I think it's because they're trying to show the span of time. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of, you know, that it's actually takes place over like, four or five months mm. but you wouldn't get that from because he starts Mitch starts school at in the beginning of of like of winter and then he ha- they have to have the project done by mid-May yeah so we find over. that out early on that so they, they have, have four to, month they have four months to finish this project because of, of the Department of Defense or right. whatever and but there's like montages of them studying, mm. montages of them building the laser, montages of you know Mitch being awkward at school, montages of them figuring out how they're going to sabotage the laser yeah. and everything like that. And I don't know. I just find like parts of this movie like hysterical to me, um, and it's very subtle. And maybe it's just because of my dry sense of humor i like gravitate towards some of those like, and you saw easy one-liners but i've seen it multiple times I, and you saw it where it really um, made such an impression on you that you'll always right. kind of remember how you originally watched the movie and it probably makes you it, it probably it, you probably are like yeah this kind of rebellious teenager that i was get I'll, will always understand this movie rebellious and like Major air quotes, but <laughs> well, I mean, like you said, you're. You didn't I played study. by the rules. I played by the rules, you didn't read but I, I did not find. You didn't the academic. I didn't find the traditional academics to be like the thing that was going to make or break me in life. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think I came out okay when it came to reading, you know, mm-hmm. reading, writing, and arithmetic. Sure, although my penmanship is terrible. But, I don't um, think many people have good penmanship anymore. No. They don't even teach cursive anymore. Oh, well, because <laughs> everyone's typing. And, and Hey, you know how you write cursive? You text. You pick the font. <laughs> <laughs> you pick the new font. Um, but that's kind of, you know, why I was into this movie. Yeah. And, and I had seen it at a time where, you know, it left an impression on me. Yeah. And um, I just, and I thought, and, you know. The, the like, studious person part of me, you know, I enjoyed, like, all the science part of it. Mm-hmm. And it turns out, like, a lot of the science in it with the lasers is real. Mm-hmm. They The director 
like started taking classes and had they have a the professor who's the math professor that giving the lectures that everyone's taping um in the movie did you even notice that part in that montage not really okay um, that's a great scene how like they have the montage and it's the, like the super boring class and then the next time oh, it goes oh, to the oh, class like, oh, there's a bunch of tape recorders yes, on the I desk did see that. and then eventually I did that. and then eventually he's in the class and even the the professor has a tape reel yeah. giving the lecture. Yeah. I mean, no, I that saw, kind of, I, I well, that professor, that. that's the math professor. It was an actual physicist at USC and he came on and made sure that all the laser technology that was going on mm. was, was legit. Sure. And they had a bunch of, you he know, he was the expert. <laughs> yeah. And he had a bunch of logistical things that he had to tell them, like, you, you know, you got to do this if you're going to film this or else you're not going to be able to see the laser, stuff like that. Yeah. And um, I just found I just I was like when I read about that, I was like, man, that's fucking cool, man. I like this movie even more. But um, but I, I I totally get where you're coming from on this movie. I mean, now, you okay. didn't hate it, no, no, but you, but, no, but no. it I mean, was not, it didn't capture it it, it. it, it, takes, you know, you have to be in a certain mood and I think that you have to be kind of like, what am I watching? But it helps because Val Kilmer's in it. Yeah. yeah I mean, he's, he, he's he so good yeah. in he's, this movie. He's, he's very charismatic and, you know, because, like, in Top Gun, which is, like, probably his very next movie. It's his next movie. He's such an asshole in that movie. Like, he's not that guy in this movie. You know, no. he, he's, he and the professor have a lot of kind of antagonism. But the person that you want him to be nice to, he's nice to. Like, oh, yeah. He's, you know, because yeah. Mitch is the, you know, uh, is who you're rooting for the most in this yeah. movie, I think. And that he's good to Mitch makes him a more likable character. Now, since you knew I hadn't seen it before, this is going to always be a fun part of our podcast. Did Matt predict what my reaction was going to be? Like, did you, I did not, I knew that you were not going to be like, that was a great movie, but I didn't think that you would hate it. And I don't hate it. I I, I, I see why. I think you would be kind of like, Oh, in the middle. Yeah. Kind of like, okay. okay." Yeah. Yeah, I asked Jack earlier. I'm like, so what do you think? Do you think I'll like it? And he goes, I don't know. Like he, he he couldn't figure out what my opinion would be. His favorite character is also Chris. I mean, he he really carries the movie. I mean, Mitch Mitch is the guy that you're supposed to like really kind of be like, oh, we got to follow this guy because he's the guy you, you see first. Yeah, and he's all just that. like a little deer in headlights. But though. he's kind of he really plays second fiddle to the amazing performance of Val Kilmer. Yeah, I do really like Michelle uh, Macon in it. She's funny, mm-hmm. and it was funny once you I mean saw Michelle her- Mayring. Mayrink, excuse yeah. me. Um, when Jordan. I saw she, oh, Jordan, she's, cool. she's good. She's really quirky. Um, she made sense to me as like, you know, this this female science nerd in this whole program, and I liked that a lot. And how she never slept in her um, little bit about how um, she drove a roommate like literally crazy because she couldn't sleep. And yeah, she was constantly doing things in the room. Yeah, um, she was really she was really cute. I liked their kind of awkward relationship and even looked her up and like, wait a minute, I know I've seen her in other things, but I'm fairly certain she was in something with Keanu Reeves. And I'm like, oh, yes, she was. She was in a, she was Permanent in a, record. a, a great movie, which is uh, um, hard to find. Yeah, uh, I haven't um, tried I, looking for I, it. I, I want to, I've actually been thinking about that, that movie, not for any specific reason with the subject matter, but um, I saw that she was in it and it's come up a couple other times mm-hmm. where I've been researching movies and uh, 
Gotta find that movie. But she's also in Valley Girl, which <clears throat> that's a lot easier to find. Oh, God. She's so good in Valley Girl. She's also in The Outsiders. Oh. She plays um, one of the friends of... Um, Diane Lane? Diane Lane. That, uh, um, you know, just kind of a very mm. minor character. We may be getting to that one of these days. Well, but... Uh, <sighs> so, um, so your favorite character was Chris. What was Chris your favorite my, scene? Chris is my favorite character. Um... Probably, it's. I really like the scene where um, the whole like pool party scene was is is kind of fun. The idea that you know Chris gets this whole puts this whole thing together for all of them, but um, probably the popcorn scene. Popcorn <laughs> scene is amazing. I mean, I I I would not have. Imagined it would do that. I I told Jack and every and like, everything kind of in that last act where yeah. like they they put the when they put the mic in Kent's braces yeah. right and then they're like Kent wake up Kent who is that it's Jesus Kent yeah. <laughs> and then and he's like what do you think that this that this laser was for and and by the way Kent stop playing with yourself. Yeah. It is God. <laughs> How would he know? <laughs> when I like first that. saw him come on screen, I thought he was um, the first brother in Die Hard to Die that had the, oh. uh, the <laughs> sweater, the now I have a machine gun. But that was not him. Not the same actor. Yeah, I don't recognize him really from much of anything. The guy that played Kent, Robert Prescott. Uh, He's been, he's had a couple like small parts and things. Mm -hmm. Nothing that you would be like, oh my God, it's that guy. So, you know, what are you going to (laughs) do? But, uh, you know, I enjoyed it. I'm glad you you watched it. Yeah, I'm glad I got a chance to see it. I think it's, it's worth watching. I mean. It's entertaining. I'm not in a hurry to ever see it again. (laughs) If it's on, give it a chance. If it's not on, then don't go out and yeah. try and download it or anything like that. No. So, but I, I liked it. Yeah. Thank you. All right. We're cha cha. Oh, <laughs> All right. So that was real genius, and now we're going to move on to our second female directed movie of the evening. Wow, that doesn't happen often. Unfortunately. Um, Nancy's going to talk about a movie that both of us watched um, at a young age. (laughs) And from 1985, Just One of the Guys. Yeah. Which just had its its, uh, 35-year anniversary. And uh, they did an event in San Francisco, but we didn't have a chance to Mm -mm. go. And uh, the, the two of the stars from the movie were there, but... We missed out on it. Bad podcast people, I guess. I was out of town, so that's my reason. Okay, and I and you couldn't go with me. That's my reason. So there, there we go. Yeah, <laughs> maybe maybe in their fortieth anniversary, we'll try. Maybe, so. maybe. So, just one of the guys has you know very basic premise. Um, beautiful girl, journalism student in high school, doesn't feel like she's being taken seriously. She's being passed over for an opportunity for a really big summer job, and she doesn't think it's fair, and overhears 
her teacher and another teacher commenting on her looks and one teacher even insinuating, well, you could be a model. You're pretty. And she's super insulted by this. She feels that her article is got is more than worthy of being in the Tribune and she should have been selected because she would have been hands down the winner. So she decides, screw this. There's another high school in town. I'm going to pretend to be a boy because I already look like Ralph Macchio and I'm going <laughs> to submit the same article at this other high school. What she doesn't realize is uh, her article kind of sucks. Her article is <laughs> boring and dry and her uh, Mr. Haymaker or Rainmaker or something, um, her journalism teacher at her normal school was actually just being kind to her and not telling her all the horrible critical terms she could he could have used. He he didn't he didn't wasn't as straightforward with her. We'll get into all that. But anyways, she she pretends to be a boy to submit the same article, but then ends up having a very different experience over the whole two weeks that she gets to be at this school. Because oh yeah, her parents are out of town. Her younger brother Bud, um, who helps teach her to be a boy. Um, the two of them are left alone at home for like a week and um, two, weeks. two weeks, excuse me. And yeah, she gets to experience what life as a teenage boy at the other high school could be like and how it dramatically changed her life. And is uh, pretty wild. Um, lots of hijinks because, <clears throat> you know, how could there not be? There's definitely um, some somewhat cringeworthy moments mm. in this movie. This movie is very raunchy. Yeah. This movie is one of the raunchiest movies I think we've talked about. Yeah. To date. And, you know, the brother, Bud, who's 15, being the raunchiest character by far, he's got, I don't know. Since his parents aren't home, he's redecorated his bedroom, covered it wall to wall with Playboy centerfolds. Um, and his sister gives him a hard time. Her name is Terry. So she's already got this unisex name, mm-hmm. which makes going to the other school a little easier because it's like, oh, Terry, Terry. OK, no, bro- no problem. Um you know, she's already giving him a hard time for this, like, out of control sex drive that he has. And he's just nonstop. He's, he's a walking hormone. He's 15. And his plan is, is while his parents are gone for these two weeks, he's finally going to lose his virginity. Mm-hmm. Is kind of his that's his M.O. during yeah. the movie. Yeah, he's just ridiculous. <laughs> but he's hilarious. I, I find him funnier now than I did as a kid. He bothered me more when we were kids because it's like, are you kidding me? Did you believe he was 15? Of all the characters that were supposed to be their ages, he seemed more like 15 than anyone else seemed like they were their ages. Maybe Sherilyn Fenn seemed about 18, 19 to me. She seemed, she seemed pretty close to... She she played being a teenager pretty well in this movie. But Terry was like 24. Her she, high her college boyfriend was like 30. Her her friend Denise was maybe like 20. Well, I mean, the, I don't know how old any of these jo- people actually were when Joyce they, Heiser who played Terry yeah. was 28 when she made okay. this movie. Yeah. So and, and I mean, and she definitely looks 28. Yeah, she does like not look feet 18. Stuff. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mm. 
Ralph Macchio, I think, was 12, 26 when he played Karate Kid. So this all lines up. Well, your the other Karate Kid connection. Yes. Is William Zabaka. Billy Zabka. Yes. Billy Zabka. Excuse Billy me. Billy Zabka plays the bully at the other high school that she goes to to. And and I think someone even at, at one point he throws her in bushes and calls her Karate Kid. No, he no no he didn't call her Karate. Someone kid. calls her no, Karate no, no, no. Kid. Sherilyn Fenn when she's talking about how hot he is, she's like, he's got the you know look at him, he looks like the Karate Kid. <laughs> oh my god, yeah. yeah Dresses this, like Elvis Costello, looks, looks like, like the Karate, karate kid. kid. Yeah, because yeah. this movie came out a year after Karate Kid came out. So right. so I'm sure that joke happened on set. Yeah. And that's well, probably how that line got in there. Well, you know, Billy Zabka's name is Greg, I think, right? Greg Tolan. Greg Tolan. So he's like this complete meathead. He wears weightlifting gloves through like the whole movie. Now, I don't know if you've ever worn weightlifting gloves, but I have. They're very uncomfortable. You don't want to just like wear them all day long. Even if you are lifting up freshmen by their pants or lifting up tables at ha- lunch tables so you to can spill all the to spill everything or l- lunch room benches I'm sure that have like 500 pounds worth of eight kids on them or whatever. I'm sure the hazing he was doing was your least favorite part of this movie. Well, he, but he's such he's so clearly a villain, though. I mean, and yes. really his part of the movie is so much smaller than like his role in Karate Kid, but his role in Karate Kid. Of course, Absolutely. It's important too. But no, this movie, um, this movie's very complicated in some ways. I mean, you've got this idea that, you know, she's value, you know, where, where, what's her value? Like, wh- where is she seeking validation? Well, up until this rejection, you know, b- from her boring article and not getting submitted to this contest, she thought she was doing great. She's beautiful. She's super popular, dating a hot college guy. What's what's wrong? Nothing. So everything was working for her, and then she decided, I'm going to flip all that upside down. She ends up being this nerdy person at the new school because, I mean, come on, her trying to be a guy, I mean, it I works. Wouldn't say, I wouldn't say she was nerdy. I think she was She just... was awkward. Yeah, but she wasn't even trying to be awkward. She was trying to be cool. She, she was well, that's trying what, to be that's cool. That's what I'm saying. Her her efforts to try to be cool made her look goofy and awkward, which is why she and Rick became friends. Like the one person that would actually give her the time of day because he was by he was also new to school. He'd been there for two or three months. Yeah, um, but he also had a lot of awkwardness. But this movie has. Um, a lot of Tootsie kind of stuff in it. At one oh, point, they even referenced they Tootsie. They referenced Tootsie because of, you know, the pretending to be the opposite gender. <clears throat> but also, um, it has a bit of Cyrano de Bergerac, too. A little bit of Roxanne because of how when she's trying to get him a prom date, you know, she's really trying to help him along, but the whole time she's actually got feelings for him. Yeah. So it's got that going on, too. But the whole conver- all the conversations in this movie about you're tricking people and um, which gender are you identifying with? I mean, it is very weird to listen to now. Um, I mean, nowadays, you know, gender identity. Um, 
there, there's a more fluid conversation about gender identity. It's not like, you know, girls are told you need to play with princess dolls and boys are told you need to play with Tonka trucks. Like there are not these strict definitions of what defines, you know, being masculine or feminine. Like it's not, it's just not a issue nowadays the way it was in the eighties. So watching this, I mean, even the fact of, um, trying to get prom dates and how confusing that would be. It's like Terry bringing her best friend, even though she's pretending to be a guy. It's like nowadays two girls can go to prom together. Who cares? Two guys can go to prom together. Who cares? No one cares. I never even in my rewatch, like I didn't even really relate it to any of the, um, the gender issues as far as, um, gender identification. Mm. I didn't really relate to that. I did. And when I was watching this and maybe cause I was, I was more focused on the, um, the feminism aspect of it, of her trying to, would she be able to succeed at what she was doing? You know, Which, could she trick everybody could, into thinking she was a not boy? just, not necessarily just trick everybody. Cause that's, that's like the running kind of gambit in the movie where like, there's times where she gets almost like watching her almost get caught and oh, all yeah. this other kind of stuff and and switching it, out of switching out of clothes yeah. quickly because you know her re, her real boyfriend is there and then the girl that likes you know Terry the guy shows up at his house at their house and all that kind of stuff um but i really but to your, i think you make a good point though because like at the beginning of the movie, when her art, when her teacher re- kind of rejects her article, he basically tells her it's boring and your person. I don't see you in this. Mm-hmm. Like you're not letting your personality show in your story. And um, her teacher at Pearl. Her teacher at no. The regular teacher tells her that. Okay. And then the reason why she realizes later that she did that her article wasn't good is when she goes to the other high school, the journalism teacher tells her the exact same thing. I think in harsher terms though, like more, I don't think it was harsher. I think it was just, he, he, he didn't really have a relationship with Terry yet. So at this point it was like, but he basically tells her the same thing. It's boring. You're not. Where There's are no you, feeling in it. Where are you in this story? That I know you're thing. a guy, but you can write with some feeling. Exactly. <laughs> so that whole idea of the feminism, the like her, the feminist angle she's trying to take on mm-hmm. it is blown within the first 20 minutes of the movie. Yeah. Because at that point, like a guy is coming to the journalism teacher with the exact same story and being told the exact same thing. So at that point it becomes a difference. The movie, like her, her, her whole reason for doing it at that point, like she goes to the school and on day one, the journalism teacher tells her it's not good enough. Yeah. And, but she meets Rick and at that point says, I need to do something different. There's a story here in what I'm doing. Yeah. And, I'm going to continue doing it because she could have just quit at that point. Yeah, she could have just, just like stopped her. She could have just pretended know. that she had the flu for a few days and just gone back to Pearl and said, oh, yeah. And I also cut my hair. Yeah. But um, I, no, she, she, she took it. She, she took she took she, it as a challenge to help write her a new kind yeah, of story. She saw the and, opportunity to really have a major experience that would be worthy of the story that could win her this contest. Which spoiler alert. It does. Which. She could have also done in a way where if she, 
In some ways, she could have gone back to her old high school as herself and tried to do the exact same thing with a student. She could have found a student who was maybe awkward or not as popular or whatever and tried to get them a prom date and done a similar thing where she got to know them. But they they would have already had the pretense of knowing who she was. Well, yeah, that was the whole <clears throat> that was the whole reason, the reason she could get away <clears throat> with it at the new school was that was because no one knew who she was. I mean, that's... And unfortunately, she came to this new school as a guy, so she had to continue being a guy, yeah. is what I'm saying, is yeah. is the idea of having to switch her gender in some ways didn't wouldn't have mattered if she would have gone back. She could have, you know, she cut her hair, she could have dressed, like, in a different way, so she didn't look the same as she did at her regular high school mm-hmm. and still been a girl and probably done the exact same thing with Rick. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's still I mean, written the, the, a story to try and get to know somebody. Well, the thing is, I don't think Rick would have opened up to her if she was a girl. Probably like, not. Because he would have been intimidated and not felt like he could talk to her. Um, he probably would have questioned, like, why is this been, beautiful woman talking yes. to me? It would have been different. And yes. he wouldn't have really revealed. I mean, like, when the scene where she bring where she drops him off from school... And they're hanging out in the house, and she is just, I mean, you think I ask a lot of questions. This this girl has got him so interrogated, and they've hung out, they've known each other for, what, two days? Yeah. She's like, oh, have you lost your virginity? Oh, what about this? Oh, what about that? What about this? What about that? And it was like under... He even was, says, right, you ask a lot of questions. Yeah, it was like rapid fire, <laughs> and then the whole... You know James Brown reveal, which I thought was hilarious. I think oh, I, re- I think I didn't Jam- remember that. And then when I when that came out, I was like, Oh yeah, the James Brown he's stuff is James great. Brown. I think it's so fun. Um, he's he, I but mean, I don't think I don't if he if he thought she was a girl that he could have been romantically interested in, he would not have. He would have had a shield up. Right. So it's like no, I that's agree. what makes this whole you know. She f- she really got to see a side of him that he wouldn't have been as willing to show, right. which is why she fell for him. Right. Um, but uh, this this movie, I mean, it, it, <laughs> I I actually really enjoyed rewatching it, even oh, though it's even though too. it's very raunchy, like raunchier than some, than what I really care to watch. But I mean, Bud cracked me up more now than he ever did, just because it's like. He wasn't annoying me like he did when I was a kid. Can I ask you a question? Mm. So the age difference is about the same. Oh, between you and me? Yeah. So are you glad that I was not like Bud? Oh, my God. (laughs) A sex crazed maniac? Yes. I am glad you were not a sex Because I was not like Bud, right? No, you did not have Playboy centerfolds all over your room. No. not. You had a pinup girl calendar, I think, at one time, but... Yeah, I was a little older than that. Yeah. Cindy Crawford. That was, I, yeah. Was just, but, oh, my God. No, Bud was just ridiculous. Ridiculous. He was, he was pretty. And, I and, mean, and, and, and very much like. He was lecherous. I mean, yeah. he was touching her friend. Like, he was touching her girlfriend, Denise, when they were all in the room. Oh, no. It was, it was, it was highly inappropriate. You would, not, you would not see him acting that way today. On a show without the friend punching him in the gut or something. Yeah, I mean, and and that's another thing that's so different about then and now. I mean, even the comment, like, even the teacher suggesting to her, well, you're pretty, you should try modeling. Her boyfriend says it to her. Well, her boyfriend's an idiot. (laughs) Kevin Kevin sucks. Kevin and Kavina, they they suck. They're both (laughs) ridiculous. You have a girlfriend named Kavina? Yeah, pretty exotic. (laughs) Um, Yeah. 
it just, but, but, and, and I feel like that's what's kind of interesting about thinking of this movie coming out in 1985. Here it's five years after nine to five, where we watch this movie about these really strong women trying to find their place in like a, you know, really make a claim in their careers. This girl trying to pursue journalism, being told she's ridiculous all the time. And here she's saying, there's nothing else I've ever wanted to do, yet you guys are all trying to derail me yeah. from pursuing this dream, and I'm not gonna, I'm, I'm not let, gonna let you do that. Yeah. And, you know, good for her. But again, she also fell into some traps because she kind of had, she had some privilege in the sense that she was so pretty. You know, she was just, I mean... Everyone just assumed that she would, because that, that was like, I mean... The movie takes place, like, you would think, like, based on, like, certain scenes and stuff like that, that would take place in, like, L.A., but it's it was all shot in Arizona. So it takes place in, like... Well, there's a beach somewhere, so I don't know if they must... Yeah, that's that's what's weird, yeah, you know? Yeah, But I, um... It was really fun to rewatch this. I mean, and, like, the cheesy 80s music and, you know, the really, like, sappy, um... Ronnie Spector song at the end and and then one of the guys <laughs> no that's not the one that was at the beginning of the movie yeah but um <laughs> diving into my favorite scene I mean it's the prom like it's the whole the whole prom scene whole from prom. like from when it starts to the very end after he you know after she rips open her shirt and like reveal like she's trying to convince Nick since I'm when a do you girl. have tits <laughs> Kind of always have. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, what a great reveal! Oh my god, it's so funny. Yeah, a reveal. Yeah, a reveal. It's just for the record, Nancy said it was a great reveal because it, it was hilarious. <laughs> I mean, I mean, here she's just saying it over and over again. I mean, because he was so convinced, like, oh, I get it. Yeah, you're gay. I'm a girl. I'm a woman. I'm female. <laughs> well, yeah, whatever. <sighs> Fine. Here, you don't believe me. Yeah, that was your favorite part of the movie. It was no, not her <laughs> ripping her shirt open, but just the whole prom scene. Because like here you see Rick, who totally reminds me of Jason Ritter, not John Ritter, yeah. but Jason Ritter, like his son, yeah. looks just so much like him in my opinion. Um, especially once he gets like his little makeover and has like his hair like combed back and not all kind of front to the front and to the goofy. side. Um, you know, here he's so confident. You know, he's with Deborah who. Kind of gives me baby vibes from Dirty Dancing. This came out before Dirty Dancing, but or maybe it's just the super tight curly hair. You know, I think it's the hair, maybe. But um, you know, here she's there together, and Terry and Denise are there together. Like the four of them are all hanging out. They're all dancing in the band. Okay, this is something I, we need to talk about. High school dances in the eighties had live bands. Never in my life have I gone to a school dance of any kind where there was a live band. It was Never. always DJs. Never. This live band thing, I think, is just for the movies. I would like to know, listeners, if you ever have heard of anyone that had a live if you, band. If you had a live band at your prom at any or kind of any dance, dance let that, us in know. Your, in your school age years, please send us a message. But, man, this <laughs> band, like, all the mullets, like, every mullet you needed, like, Every band member had these had except, a mullet, except except for the bass player who, it, the fact that he had any hair was surprising. He had like this terrible receding hairline. That wasn't the guy that was, not the guy that Denise hooks up. Yeah, with, you know? no, that was fun. But 
you know, you haven't talked about, you haven't mentioned Sherilyn Fenn yet. Oh, I'm waiting for that. Yeah, go, <laughs> go right ahead. Dive in. Well, here we go. Here we see Sherilyn Fenn in only her third role, you know, second movie, continuing her, her, um, kind of vixen vixen kind of kind of image from the 80s um this is pre-thrashing so oh my god you know but she um she plays sandy who you know is from the the other high school and sees terry and his, and is lusting after and him and just she's just like he is a total fox and eventually she she call him a stone cold fox no just just a fox total fox and um, one of my favorite, I think that's one of my favorite scenes is um, the scene when, you know, Terry is trying to get Rick a date to the prom. Mm-hmm. Sandy is trying to hook up with Terry. So Sandy goes up to, t- up to Terry and says, I heard Rick is looking for a date for the prom. Is desperate she for should- a prom date. He would love my cousin Jill, <laughs> and then so they go. They plan this double date to go to the cave, which is like the makeout place in their area, and um, Jill ends up being in the seventh grade. <laughs> was she in seventh grade or sixth grade? Like was she? I thought she was. I thought grade? she was like starting. Either way, grade. no, she had to be like in sixth grade, like getting ready to go to seventh grade. So ridiculous. And she's and, like. 12. And here's the thing that I love about the scene in my rewatch. Like, I probably wouldn't have picked this as my favorite scene at first, but Rick plays it so cool. Oh, yeah. He's hilarious. Because he basically is just like, I know I'm getting shammed. And he's not mad at Terry. No. Because he kind of plays into it. And at one point, it's just like, okay, this is fine. And, And he's trying to help his boy out. Because yeah. you know, Jill's like, let's go for a walk so that so Sandy and Terry can be alone. They need some privacy. They need some privacy. Oh, yeah. And then the whole time, Terry is just like, "Don't do you know? Please get off of me or whatever." And then she, <laughs> you know, her her makeshift um, um, uh, junk is basically a sock, and. Sandy gets her, her her hand down Terry's pants and pulls out the sock and and Sandy's like I'm flattered that's so amazing that you want to impress me like that how small are you <laughs> don't even ask I mean it's so it's it's a funny scene oh it's and, hilarious it's and, so awkward and, it's and so hilarious it has Sherilyn Fenn in it yeah she's great she did. do you like that she and Bud hook up later yeah that was great. I mean, I feel like that was a victory and, for Bud. Oh, totally. That was a total victory for Bud. I mean, Bud, you know, he 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 reaches his goal. And, you know, if if Sandy can't have Terry, you know, why not her brother? Right. Oh. Her brother who taught her who taught her how to be a boy. Right. Oh, my God. <laughs> now, is that is that your favorite scene? The scene when Bud is teaching her how to be a guy? No. Oh, no, I told you my favorite scene is like the, the whole, whole prom. prom scene, but no, no. Let's, when, let's talk er, about er, that scene. <laughs> oh, my God. So early in the movie, um, after Terry's already tricked Bud, because that was kind of. She she tests it out by. Trying by to trick her brother. Trying to trick her brother at the yeah. door. Like, hey, is your sister home? Which I think is a great test. It's like yeah. if, if you can trick your sibling who you live with. Right. Then that's pretty damn great. 
But no, Bud is um, trying to get her to show him all of the ways that he can be manly and, uh, you know, no, you got to spread your, look at the way you're standing, you know, put your hands down, spread your legs out. But now you need to show me how you scratch your balls. And he's like, she's, and Terry's like, well, maybe my balls don't itch. Nope. It's a fact. All, All balls, balls itch. itch. Yes. And they go through the whole, he, he, he has like three techniques, I think. The basic shift. And then there was some, <laughs> you got to get some air in there you or gotta, something. I was you dying. Move things I was, around. Oh my God. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> because the actor who plays him. Well, and you're not, you're not really into humor like that. Is not it? really, but I mean, <laughs> I mean, I remember you and I finding it so freaking funny. I mean, I feel like we've said you got to get some air and move things around. Like, I feel like we've quoted that. When you scratch your balls. No, <laughs> no, but I feel like we've quoted that over the years. Like that comes up. I don't know. I just remember, I mean, again, Bud is ridiculous, but I feel like Bud, the actor who plays Bud is like this less attractive Kirk Cameron kind of goofy guy. He has yeah. a similar Kirk Cameron quality he, from this, that time. After this movie, he ended up having kind of a reoccurring friend role on Silver Spoons. Do you remember oh, Silver Spoons? I remember Silver Spoons, but yeah. I don't he remember him on Schroeder's it. Ricky Schroeder's friend. Yeah. yeah. But he just he's just this goofy guy. And because he's just this sex maniac. But maniac? He's just so obsessed. He's super horny. He's so obsessed. <laughs> and I think for Terry to have to like, because I don't think she and her brother ever really talked about what it's like to be a boy. I don't think, like, not in those terms. I mean, here Bud is trying to give but her... He's giving her the physical kind of parts of it. But even and, he's even still <clears throat> trying to, like, say, like, 15-year-old boys have sex on their mind all the time. You know, these teenage boys, you got to have sex. you got to do this. Which, you know, I'm assuming there's some validity to all that. Again, I was not a teenage boy, so I don't have any... I, I can't weigh in on that, but his, Thank you. his, his confidence. <laughs> Thank you for not weighing in on that. Yeah. His confidence <laughs> in just trying to make her understand just how important this is. It just, <laughs> Oh God, it cracked me up. I mean, it but again, funny. it I, certainly I think, adds to the raunchiness. Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's a, the scene where, where he's, he's dusting the piano. No, when he's putting the, um, the center folds up. Oh god. And she's just and and Terry is just like so appalled by yeah. this. She's she even says this is the reason why I am not taken seriously. Right. And then he starts giving like all these like descriptions of the girls like she went to she went to college and did that mastered in this and she She reads Vonnegut in yeah, the bath. She reads yeah, stuff she, like that. She's donating her funds to toxic waste. So so he gives her like this whole speech about them and then when Sandy comes to the house and surprises, and she's just like, how did you know where I lived? I followed you. Oh, man. Okay, crazy stalker. <laughs> and um, goes, to her house. well, she can't bring Sandy into her room because it's a girly room, a quote-unquote girly room. So what does she do? She brings her into Bud's room, and, and Sandy's like, so this is your room with all the center folds up. And I was dying. I was like, this is so great. And then she ended up saying the exact same things Bud said to her about why she has the pictures on the wall. Yeah. Well, she was just parroting what her brother taught her. So 
<laughs> and Sandy, Sandy was still into it. Sandy, Sandy was. Oh yeah. She, into oh, Terry. There, there was no, there was no derailing that train. No. But, um, <clears throat> who's your favorite character? Um, my favorite character in this, a Bud is funny. Yeah. But he's like really like. He is an, he's an exaggeration, I think. Yeah, he's like I a think caricature. he's kind of an exaggeration. Yeah. He's a caricature. Um, I mean, Sherilyn Fenn is great in it, but she her part is fairly minimal. Yeah, she's, she's got not, maybe she's eight not minutes of screen time. Um, I I really like Rick. Yeah, Rick, Rick's great. Rick is great. I mean, and and he's not like like this is not a movie where it's like not only is she going to the school and becoming a guy, she's finding like this, like a reject and, and trying to transform them. He's not like that at all. No. He's just, he's, he's a quiet introvert. He's just a quiet introvert. And, and, but they don't make him look like, like eighties nerdy no, no, no. or do anything like that. And he just seems like a regular kind of guy at the school. Yeah. And yeah, he's the new kid. So he doesn't have a lot of friends, but that's not his, I mean, that's not his fault. Yeah, he he's even just... says he's moved seven times in three years because his dad had died. Yeah. So, I mean, and he's got, a, he's got a good sense of humor. Mm-hmm. You know, the scene where he, um, gets everyone in the cafeteria to kind of stand so up good. to Greg. I mean, that was a cool moment. So yeah. I think, I think really Rick is my favorite character. I I think Rick is my favorite character too, but I love Terry. I mean, she's she's great. If she wasn't as good as she was, the movie wouldn't work. Now, I don't know if she's necessarily like the greatest actress in the world. Um, but I think I think she 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 certainly pulled off a Ralph Macchio look. I mean, I don't know. I don't, I, I'll I'll say this. Because I had seen her already as a girl earlier in the movie, yeah, earlier in the movie, when I see her as a guy and know that it's a girl, like it doesn't seem as convincing. Hmm. Um, but like the scene, like the whole thing, like in like they make this huge deal, even on the movie poster, they make a big deal of this of her being in the locker room, <laughs> you know, stuff like that. And that becomes this whole thing. Like, how is she going to get out of gym? Okay. Let's be logical here. She's only going to be there for two weeks. Why did she even go to gym? She knew she had gym. Why did she bother? You know why? For because comedy. Because it made a comedic thing in the movie. Yeah. It I mean, made the movie's the movie. not, the movie's not very long. It's like what, an hour and 30 something minutes, yeah, maybe an a, hour. It's a, it's a so, I mean, movie. if you were to just bypass the whole locker room experience, that's like 10, 15 minutes of the movie. I mean, I mean the locker room or her going to the bathroom. No, 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 no. I'm not saying it's not entertaining. Like those are things that would come up and it makes for an entertaining life movie and, but, and, and it adds and it adds to the raunch aspect of it and, and it that. adds to like watching her have to like navigate okay you chose to do this how are you gonna get at how are you gonna get out of this well and well, the only other thing I, I might say though is there's this whole kind of like her experience in the locker room would probably be a lot different but she clearly had already had sex with her college with her college um, boyfriend. Yeah. So it's not like 
she was a virgin going into some locker room yeah. and it's like this huge like crazy surprise about what she's going to see. Yeah. So <laughs> I I just think like like as I was doing the rewatch I'm sitting here going you have this whole plot like why you're at the school why didn't you just cut Jim? Just cut Jim. Oh, what cuz you might get detention? Big deal. You're only going there for two weeks. I'd also like to say, how, she, did they, how easily did she get transferred into this well, school? Well, that's, that's what I was going to say, too, <laughs> is, is like, how did she... highly illogical. I mean, two full weeks away from Pearl to go to this other high school, like, how did, how did she get away with that? And it's the end of the year, too. Yeah. And how did she get away with missing all of her classes at yeah. the other school? I mean, it's not know, like she had someone let's, attending let's, her. It's not like she. It's not like she knows Ferris Bueller, and Ferris right? Bueller was <laughs> able to attend the classes for her. Yeah, that was that was definitely a plot hole. But it, you know, it's a comedy. So. Yeah, I mean, and and really, you know, the 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 bigger thing was here. She she took on this challenge because she thought she was going to go for one thing, and then ends up falling in love with somebody and then writes a story about that. And that's what actually gets her the job, you know, I mean, so one way or another, she ended up having this great story that she wanted to tell. And even though she had a hiccup, obviously in her relationship with Rick, because, um, Oh, you'd only been lying about everything for the last two weeks as we became friends. Awesome. The movie ends with them driving off together so you can only imagine yeah. where things are going to go who knows yeah oh he's like you look really good in a dress and then, and then okay so that's that's the kind of thing i wanted to talk about in terms of like gender roles and stuff <clears throat> so even at the very very end after um when rick comes to pick you know see her for the first time since the beach he wants to, he wants to insist like wait a second wait a second I'm the guy. I should be taking the lead on this. Like, I should be doing this. I should be doing that. And it's like, okay, buddy. <laughs> well, it's a lot of it. So I mean, it's funny. They but... don't, they don't, in the movie, they don't let you read her article, but they imply that she tells kind of this story of helping him and then falling for him. Yeah. I mean, so, yeah. So at the end of the movie, when he's kind of treating her like that, Having already read the article and knowing how she feels, yeah, and knowing what she went through and all these other kinds of things, I think that it didn't seem as awkward to me or weird or or like it was him being like, "No, I'm the guy now. You know, you don't have to do this kind of thing." I, it kind of felt like, well, there's certainly it, seemed, it didn't seem weird. It seemed justified. Well, there's certainly like a romantic quality in the sense of she had already proclaimed her feelings for him in a very, um, very public public way. (laughs) And now he finally gets an opportunity to kind of explore his feelings for her now that he can finally understand like, Oh, you're a girl. You got boobs. Okay. One last thing that I just wanted to bring up. And I thought you might actually bring this up too. Um, I watched this within the same week that I watched all of the Apple TV show, The Morning Show. Oh, yeah. I watched that about, a, about I watched that a couple, a few weeks ago. That's so, intense. Yeah, we so, can talk about that for a little so, bit. So, without spoiling that show for people, um, it's based on a more, on like a television morning show, like Good Morning America. It's basically like the Matt Lauer story. Kind of. And it has to do a lot with, 
women working in the workplace and how they get, get treated. Yeah. And um, they do like a whole, and there's like a whole Harvey Weinstein angle and all this other kind yeah. of stuff, which is a really a Matt Lauer angle. I mean, yeah, but they bring, he was they on the Today show, show. They and, even show new stuff about yeah. Harvey Weinstein and stuff. And watching this movie and having been watching that show at the mm-hmm. same time really had like there's like this reporter news angle that yeah. links these two yeah. things together, and then there's the whole like what kind of job you can have and all that kind of stuff. And I would kept, so I had like, like this kind of, that kind of vibe was all fresh on my mind during this week. Um, I really enjoyed watching that show. It was, oh, it was good. it's the it best was, thing that Jennifer it, Aniston's ever done. She, she was She's really wonderful, good. but, um, loved it. So, but having this be like a movie that took place in the eighties and ha- with like this news angle, it really made me wonder also like, you could like you could redo this movie in a way that but it would have a it would have a it would be totally different though you can't do raunchy movies like this do, anymore i mean no, not you like can, you can but they get put into like a different category <laughs> i was telling jack earlier that i think the last really raunchy movie i saw that was kind of teenage related were like the american pie movies but those are like 20 years old now. So I really haven't seen any kind of high school driven raunchy movies that, you know, show like nudity. And all well, I mean, and I feel like this movie has larger issues. It's not just I mean, the raunchiness clearly is a factor in it. But right. the bigger thing is she's trying to she's trying to advance in her career and being a woman is holding her back. Which I find really, you know, back to the raunch angle on it. I think a lot of the reasons why you don't, maybe you don't see that as much anymore is because, not because whether it sells or not. I mean, they could put, they could put boobs in movies now and they would sell, you know. But um, I just think, like, the mentality is just so much different. I agree. And I think that that female, you know, female actors have a lot more when they're young like that's not something that you want to put in a teenage movie no these days with everything with the way the, yeah. the social yeah. like, the society is and the environment is yeah. now the tones changed but a lot. Ima- but so imagine like you know here is Joyce Heiser making this movie in the 80s that has like a real feminist angle where she doesn't want to be treated for how she looks but how she looks is a real important part to the story. Yeah. So it's, um, yeah, it's interesting, you know, but it is interesting that you were watching the morning show while, and then you squeeze this in between episodes. And I mean, it was definitely, um, you know, I take a lot of this stuff kind of seriously as well, sure, you know, and, um, well, you, you have, you're in a, you have a job, you have people you manage and, do you have any female coworkers that you manage? Yeah. So, I mean, you're you're in a position to. I have to be highly. I mean, you have to be sensitive to this. You have to be sensitive to this stuff. We don't. I mean, it was never. It was ne- this. St- what we're talking about has never been right. So, if you were, you know, what you see in in Mad Men taking mm-hmm, place mm-hmm, in like mm-hmm. the '60s, it wasn't right then, no. and it's not right now, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so. Um, but 
I think, you know, with the original intent of, you know, fish out of water, mm-hmm. you know, seeing how the other the other half lives, that kind of thing yeah. in the movie, you know, it, it's it's a fun story. Sure, and, 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 and that's and, fun. And, and, and I think that's what makes if you if you don't try and overanalyze it like we do, <laughs> if you don't try to overanalyze it, this is actually like kind of a fun. 80s kind of movie. This movie is still fun. I was yeah. cracking up when I was watching it today. <laughs> yeah, it's the, the there's cringeworthy parts oh, sure. of it that are like I can't believe they're doing this or yeah. I can't believe I'm laughing at this. I was but. still laughing. I mean, like you know, again, so the prom scene being my that the whole ten minute segment, that whole and, is and fun. the reveal. <laughs> but just like you know, watching them all dancing around and they're just so goofy, like eighties prom dancing is just so funny to me and I don't know. With a live band? Live band. Come what, on, people. I mean, did you have you ever watched like like we've got we've had Pretty in Pink. We've had a couple we've had a, a bunch of movies that a couple movies that have had like prom or high school dance kind of things mm-hmm. going on. Were any of the dances you went to ever like that? Mm. <clears throat> well, you and I both went to our proms, right? Or no, you went to a prom. Not, I went to a prom, not you went to my prom. <clears throat> I went to my senior prom and I mean, I don't remember it being quite like that. <clears throat> I, mean, I think there was dancing and stuff, but you're it's more just socializing. Yeah. It wasn't really the dancing was minimal. That I remember. Anyways. But no, the fact that um, Greg Greg had his weight gloves in his uh, lapel pocket so that just in case he had to toss someone into the ocean, <laughs> he's going to slide those on. It's like, dude, weight gloves are annoying. What are you doing carrying them around? And if you needed to pick someone up, did you really need to put your weight gloves on? Come on. Well, you never know. I mean, yeah. He likes to lift. Oh my god, it's so crazy. Where do these people learn how to fight? Oh, so, <laughs> that so funny. funny. <laughs> oh my god. Do you have any final thoughts on this movie? Um you know, it's 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 funny. It doesn't it's not one of those movies that like it's really praised as I think as like an eighties movie. I mean I would put it on like I don't know if I'd put it on the same level or maybe slightly above the amount of praise like Better Off Dead gets. I mean, because Better They're Off similar. Dead is very quirky. They're similar. I mean, especially like those, like the the two nerds that were <clears throat> felt like they were literally connected, and then the guy with all the reptiles. Yeah. I mean, those were characters that could have easily been in Better Off Dead. Yeah, even in Sixteen Candles, like they could have been in Sixteen Candles Maybe. too. I think also, um, uh, yeah, yeah, but I forget where I was going with that. I was asking if you had any final thoughts. Um, I just enjoyed it. It was fun. It was fun. It's it, fun movie. I, I enjoyed rewatching this more than I enjoyed watching Real Genius. Well, you were kind of handicapped because you had never seen Real Genius. True. I, I had no. I had no. That. You had no reference. You know. No. You know, it's not like a movie. And 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 I think that's probably one of the reasons why you never saw it because I saw it when I was I saw that when I was a little older. So. Yeah. You know, we weren't necessarily watching the same things as often yeah. when I, when we were both older as we were when we were babysitting Younger. each other. Yeah, <clears throat> when the baby when the VCR was babysitting us. Yeah, <laughs> or just even it was just, the thing even to just, do. Yeah, even on the weekend. I mean, yeah. you and I spent a lot of time at home just watching movies. Watching movies. I mean, that's why we do the podcast. Yeah, that's 
that's basically it. <laughs> it's the only reason why we do it. <laughs> anyway. All right. Well, this is fun. It was a lot of fun. And um, I want to thank everyone for listening. I definitely recommend checking these two movies out. If you have seen these movies and have any thoughts about them, please let us know. Tell us what your favorite scenes are in uh, Just One of the Guys, if you've seen it. I'm really curious if they align with, with Nancy's reveal scene. <sighs> Matt. <laughs> He's just busting my chops. Like a, like Bud, the younger brother, busting Terry's chops. At least, you know. This is one of the few movies where it's like the older sister, younger brother. I mean, we've got a few. <clears throat> of, we've, we've cycled through a few of them, but... I think feel like it's been a while since we've seen a movie like this. There's an older sister and younger brother, and they're both in high school together. A dynamic that I recall seeing that often. Yeah. But I think you, I think you almost see like the older brother, younger sister more, maybe. Probably. But again, that could just be because of who's making movies. I mean, I don't know. Could be. Anyway. Well, thanks for listening. All right, guys. See ya.